Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 49 of the Unhelpful Advice Podcast. Today we have a musical guest, Derek Howe from Space Monkey, an up-and-coming band in the area, comes in here to talk about concept albums, a concept album he's about to release in the, I guess, early summer. Comes in here and talks about that. Uh, musical genres, influences, venues he's played at in the area. We talk about that. We also get a very insane live performance. Our first concert on the show. Uh, hope to have some more of those in the future, Teddy. Yes. We have a live concert in my house. And uh, he fl- he blew us away with his performance. His covers of... Two very different songs, and he made them sound a certain way. I'm just blown away by it, and I hope you guys get blown away by it. And I hope this episode leads you to Space Monkey, and because it has for us. And Derek Howe's an interesting guy, and we get into a little bit of everything. This cold opening does not um, put into words what we all talked about. Um, so I hope you enjoy. It. back with another episode. Good morning. Good morning, Jake. Today is, uh, well... A different kind. Episode. Of unhelpful advice. <laughs> yeah. Our second musician. Right. First musician was, uh... Noah. Noah. And today we have the lead singer of Space Monkey. Space Monkey singular, right? Yeah. Not Space Monkey's plural. No, just one monkey. One monkey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derek Howe. Is that how you say your last That is one? indeed, yeah. Okay. Good job not fucking it up on the first one. Nah. <laughs> Everybody up. says Howl. They yeah, always think like it's a wolf. If you fuck up H-O-W-E. It's four <laughs> letters. Like, it's four letters. Like, my last name All is the worst Stever. words are four letters, though, so. Yeah. Right. Well, my last name is Stevers, and I get called Stevers all the time. Well, um, people call you Hunter instead of Hunter. Well, that's just, like, dialect. Yeah. Hunter. I hear that from all kinds of people, and I also hear hunters. So I yeah. I'm pretty sure it's hunter because there's a T. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a fine uh, mispronunciation. Right. Well, we have him on today because uh, I went on a trip with him a few weeks ago, and he was telling me about uh, his first album coming out and like late this spring. Yep. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Everything's kind of getting finalized right now. And uh, it should be out probably, we're hoping for the early part of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to, you know, with COVID and everything, everybody's just trying to get back into the regular regiment of it. But yeah, we're going to definitely try and have it out by at least the early part of the summer. And there'll be some shows. We got to, you know, get back to work as most musicians are kind of finding out right now. All right. 
Um, so I have a list of questions. How, wait, first, yeah. okay, how, how do you get back into touring? Like, how does that work? Um, are, are, are gigs being booked now for, like, advance, like, in advance, or have you heard anything about that? It's kind of going back to, I guess, square one. So a lot of people, when they first start playing shows, <clears throat> if anybody who ever is listening to this, if you guys have a band, you probably would know, too. Um, it really is just as gorilla as it can possibly get right now. Because, I mean, so many places have social distancing protocols, and you have so many people that are trying to get into venues, but then venues not knowing how to do it, or wasted time gets kind of, uh, I guess, exaggerated when you are back into the forefront, because everybody's going to notice if people were taking time off. Yes. So that's that's something I think a lot of venues um, are going to be kind of weary about, at least with Open Up, because you don't want to waste a night on a band that's not going to perform well. So do you, like have ways to shake off the rust of like performing live in front of a crowd i think for for everybody in my band our live performance has always been like the number one thing you got to go out there and you know that's people gather to listen to music it goes back to like cavemen like mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. i'm gonna sit here and listen to a fire it's you yeah. know but at the same time yeah uh shaking off rust is definitely something i think a lot of musicians are feeling but i think as long as people kept themselves busy i don't think we got too rusty so uh Keeping yourself busy, uh, you know, you saw a lot of musicians do like live streamed shows yeah. from like their, you know, whatever studio or whatever, just to mm-hmm. provide their yeah. fans. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did one last year, I think, um, in September. On Facebook, that was yeah, 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 and that was really cool. It was um, for bands, I think, that got into the live performance. It definitely showed a different, uh, different avenue of getting yourself out there because now. With the internet, you know, you're, you're like, you guys have a podcast. It's just guys having a conversation. Yeah. And for musicians, it's kind of like this. It's almost like a podcast format. Mm-hmm. It's like we're going to sit here, we're going to practice it just like it's a real show, and the listeners are out in the distance. Right. Uh, um, so when you do something like that, like a you know, like a one-off performance kind of on the internet, do you is it like a do you have like a set list or do you, is it interactive with the crowd? Like yeah, that? I think we definitely uh, what we did for our show, and I think coming back into it, if it if it's still, I don't want it. I don't want like online shows to be a trend. It's no, like no, yeah, it's like online comedy. That needs yeah, to, that yeah, needs to go like fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like doing comedy shows online is weird. Like. <laughs> It's like, like doing if, professional wrestling with no fans. Like what's going on right now? It's it's so strange. It's I I'm yeah. I talk to people like I have a buddy that I work with. He's a humongous wrestling fan. We always talk about that. It's yeah. so weird to watch public events that now are becoming, I guess, I guess like like almost compartmentalized. Yeah. Where you're like putting things in this box and it's like concentrated and it's like we are here for music and it's like that's a lot of pressure because yeah. I didn't go to shows growing up. Just for music, I went for the entire experience. Yeah, you go for the show, you go for the bar, you go for the chicks, all that stuff. Like, it's a it's a night. It's not just one thing. So, yeah, it's just been strange, man. I've I've been watching the NCAA tournament and basketball. There's been no fans all year. Abilene Christian, shout out. (laughs) I I, I lost money on that. I think that's who it was. I don't even. Yeah, it was. It's a school so small, I can't know if I'm saying the name properly. (laughs) Well, they lost me a lot of money last night. Ah, Texas Longhorns. (laughs) Who but are the Beavers? Oregon State. The Oregon State Beavers. Yeah. Uh, me and our buddy cashed out big on that. So we were big Beavers. God, you should have saw that shit. <laughs> you always invest in the Beavers. 
Yeah, like the the nickname for this house is the Beaver Dam. And I don't. There you go. Um, I didn't. I didn't come up with the nickname. Uh, like most nicknames, someone bestowed that nickname upon us, and uh, we had to back the Beavers, and they ended up winning. But back to the NCAA tournament, it, it, they haven't played in front of fans all year, and then you get a little taste of fans in the tournament, and you're like, this is what we missed. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's like that for everything. Yeah. Not- yeah. I think a lot of people spent a. I. I don't know. I wouldn't assume anything. Some prob- probably some people have been really bored for a year, but I definitely, as a creative person, and like all the guys in the band too, uh, we as creative people, we run so much off of impulse and mm-hmm. just because I think a unique thing about Space Monkey and I played music for you know most of my life. I've always been in a musical family. I've always gone back. I have you know it's in my roots as as a whole as I guess as, as a human, but at the same time. We run off of impulse kind of because we never really write music. It's always been a group of guys that could get together and make music. So, like, you don't have to sit down sometimes. And I always tell people it's a luxury if you can get that as a musician because there's a lot of times where you... You know, you have to sit down, you have to explain chord structure, and you do have to be a little bit, I guess, fluent in that Mm -hmm. language at a time. But nothing any time in at least Space Monkey has ever felt like we forced it or it wasn't, like, true... And that was like the best part about it is we can play music. But I mean, being a blues based band, you kind of have to set your roots as it is. You kind of have to already have a foundation. And I think a lot of new musicians that are getting into like jazz and blues and like what we consider older styles of music, they're learning that the really the only way you can do that type of music is just learning it and paying your dues. And I think a lot of people at times, especially in like an internet generation, sometimes get frustrated maybe by people that are as musicians, maybe just gifted mm-hmm. and it just comes out and it's there. But like, they'd be like, ah, but you didn't go on the road. And it's like, well, dude, due to COVID, nobody's on the road right now. So that's kind of the best thing. And like you're saying with like, when you get that stage and once you finally get to bit put there, uh, was it Santana Moss, big time players make big, big time yeah, plays yeah, yeah. and big time games. Hell like, one, yeah, yeah, man. Like you got to take the opportunity and run with it. And I think that I, I, I hope a lot of musicians see COVID, while it is terrible what happened outside of it, at least if you're a musician, did you take the time? Did you make something? And that's really, I think, for us, that's what we wanted to do. As soon as the lockdown happened, mm-hmm. we knew shows weren't going to be a thing. Like We were like, okay, well, we can either move to an online format because there were already people like, like the first week of lockdown. Like You can tell like some musicians got some bills to pay. Like right. yeah. They weren't shut down a week, but I mean, that hitch, if you're... Five days out of the week, that hits your pocket. Like that's that that is your business, and I think some people oper- like they saw an opportunity to it, but it is kind of slowly not really going back to normality because it's kind of un yeah. it's untrudged waters. Like we yeah. haven't ever been through this ever since we instru- like we invented the instrument. There have been musicians on tour. Nothing has ever happened that just shut the shit down. Yeah. And that's a weird thing to do. But like you're saying, you get the stage. I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised by what they can make. And that's really what I hate musicians and just creative people as a whole. Once you get back on there, I think people are going to be pretty surprised on what they can actually do. It's pretty crazy because uh, during quarantine or whatever, uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we always wanted to do a podcast since 2016 or something like that. And the problem was we started one when everyone else started one. Right. When <laughs> yeah. quarantine happened, we were like, let's yeah, just man. start this already. Yeah, it's... <laughs> So I guess uh, everybody tried to do four chords on a, on a webcam when quarantine started. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
I think every musician that's like popular had at least one. Like, oh, we're doing a cyber like yeah. something something on the internet. Yeah, like, it, for some reason, <laughs> it, yeah, it didn't happen right away. It ha- it's been happening, you know, in the last several months. Yeah, um, I personally think Post Malone with the Nirvana. Thing. I was just gonna that, one, say that. that one. That one. Yeah, but I think I think it like hands down won the online format because it's a musician that's not doing his own music. Right. But he did it in a way that people are like, oh shit, like I only thought you was like the autotune guy. And he's like, but then you have Post Malone fans who are like, oh, I do this the entire time that he was musically gifted. And it's like, that's cool, but now everybody knows. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned this earlier, but uh, going back to when you were, uh, you discovered music. Who do, uh, who uh, introduced you to music? Your dad or? I it really is just kind of life. <laughs> yeah. Because I grew up uh, I grew up in the church, so I mean that's you know my family is musically. My great great grandfather is Alfred G. Carnes. Um, he's in the country music, the birthplace country music hall of fame down oh, in Bristol. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So he was part of the Bristol sessions when they came down from New York and like the Carter family and all those people. Wow. So like I always grew up with music. Mm-hmm. But doing it myself probably started while I was in church because that's just what you do. Like, yeah, you, that's what you do in church. I take fifteen minutes or yeah, minutes out, nah, of, out yeah. of a sermon to, to sing. I yeah, mean, no, everybody got to sing. Everybody got to stand, stand up. Everybody's got to stand up and sing. It's <laughs> you know you don't just get yeah. to sit there and sing a song. You got to stand yeah. up with the entire group. But yeah, that was that was definitely I think the introduction of it. Now. My my parents definitely, I think, on the aspect of me wanting to do music, mm-hmm. that that was way more of an influence because my mom being a singer and kind of where I get that aspect of it is where that came from. But uh, at least knowledge of music that came from my dad always. Okay. Um, that dude's like a musical encyclopedia, right? Like, yeah, like can't sing a note to save his life, but the man <laughs> knows his shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. And just I guess just exposure, young age. But yeah, definitely got into music probably through church. And then uh, just kind of listening to it on my own. But it, like at the same time, like I think a lot of people just get put into it. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you're doing, you probably just got put into. And like yeah. maybe you just love it or you don't love it. But like, yeah. yeah, music was always, I loved it from the moment it was a thing. So It's like <laughs> you have a kid, let's go to a piano practice, but mom. Yeah, nah, like they're going to fuck up that concerto. <laughs> but at the same time, like it's your kid doing it. Right. Like I think my parents, like I think they saw a talent maybe early on and they were like oh that's cool and it's encouragement i think that's a big thing that as in your voice yeah it's like and just interest in music and being creative and you know some people just want to work a job for the rest of their life some people just want to make something yeah um was the guitar the first instrument you learned do you you know how to play other instruments yeah no uh yeah picked up guitar first um could already sing kind of kind of could hold my own uh i was like a really shy kid about that stuff and like Probably high school was the more time where I was like, oh, I can do this in front of people. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not weirded out by it. But like, yeah, definitely when I was like middle school, elementary school, you don't want to be known as a boy that can sing. Like, yeah. it was it like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be, I don't, yeah, I don't want to be like overly you like <laughs> careful about it. But like, yeah, like, like, yeah, like when I had friends in the choir, choir? In elementary school, yeah. you would make fun of those guys. Yeah, nah. you know, what are you doing going for yeah. singing during recess? Like, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> like, but you like. It was one of those things where I remember, like, being a kid, and I think I was listening to some album, and I was singing along with it, like, in my room. And I remember my mom coming and knocking on the door, and she's like, are you playing that out loud? Or, and I was like, no, I had headphones in. And she's like, oh. And then just, like, shut the door. And I was like, am I not supposed to do that? Or, like, yeah. and it, like it weirded me out at a time. But then, like, I think just obviously once you 
fall in love with something and just you enjoy doing it, you don't really care at a point. You know, mm-hmm. at, at that point, who cares? Like, I think of like street performers in like New York. Like, dude playing on like empty paint cans. Like, he's just doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> that. That's similar to like this podcast too. So we started out and we we're like. I don't know if we should say that. I don't yeah, know if we should post this on that yeah, platform, whatever. Yeah. But now we just we yeah. Don't I mean, care. I, there's a, I think there's an art of there's a there's an art of respectfully disagree, disagreeing about yeah. some things. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you word it a right way or if you word it a wrong way, it's all about your inflection. It's all about what you mean behind it. And I think that I think uh, like I was saying earlier with like COVID, that's you know you can look at it as just being like, oh man, they shut everything down. But like at the same time, it's something that happened that we now go on and we just hit another point from. So yeah. I think this whole house wants to know what is Space Monkey? What is Space Monkey? <laughs> like, yeah. Where uh, did that name come from? Uh what does it mean? Like is it's a it's a way of life now. Like <laughs> <laughs> Space Monkey is the truth. No. Um so Space Monkey is really like completely random because when all the guys got together we had another member um, who's no longer with us, but our buddy, our buddy Jay, he like, one day we were there and we were just trying to think of a name and we were trying to figure out like, what is a band name that would best describe everything? And I remember on the back of his phone, he has this little sticker that he randomly got made that was like a chimp in a space helmet. Mm. And I was like, it's a space monkey. And then I was like, space monkey. And it just, like, it just hit. And then... John Prine, the the song Space Monkey. Space oh, Monkey, okay. Space Monkey. Okay. Um, there's, there's an old John Prine song that's called Space Monkey. And I remember we had already named the band that, and then I listened to the song. And I was like, that's a cool little, like, plug to something. And that's, like, a big part of the band is, like, we want to respect our roots, mm-hmm. and we want to respect who came before us, but we really are here just trying to make our own stuff um, and not taking too long to be like, oh, we play this whole album in honor that no, it's like we're just trying to make something. Yeah. But Space Monkey was just a funny, I guess a funny phrase or like a funny name for that band. It's crazy it, how just one moment like that and you're just like, yeah. 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 And then you like you dedicate everything to it. Like mm-hmm. like you can sit there. Like the fact that y'all's podcast, the name of it mm-hmm. should already deter somebody from listening to it. <laughs> right. Because you're like, oh, it's you're not giving me any good advice? Like, no, nah, <laughs> zero. Like, no, yeah, no. zero. And if you go in and it's like, oh, if we were playing a show and you, if you saw the marquee, I always try to, like, visualize that kind of stuff. If I walked by a marquee and it said Space Monkey, right. I was like, dude, I would totally at least check it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got it. Like, at a namesake alone, you've got to have something in there. And I think that that's, that's the best part. We want to surprise people. When they come to our show, because yeah, it is funny, mm-hmm. and I think with merchandise that we're going to be having coming out, and like the Space Monkey as a whole, he's like almost—it's like the gorillas, yeah. like they made their own kind of character, and they made their own band, mm-hmm. and it was all digital, and it was like a completely just creative aspect of something. But at the same time, just it's also a constant reminder for us to not take this too seriously. Mm. Like you were literally just having fun with your friends. Like yeah. it's, it's not that serious, right? <laughs> I guess we could look at that with unhelpful advice. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> going back, you were talking your name, about your name somebody, somebody going to look for advice. Like somebody's depressed or something oh, like that. Yeah. They're looking for a podcast for like self help. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it fits. Yeah, Space Monkey. Uh, there was an old Joe Rogan uh, comedy special talking it was called talking monkeys in space mm, okay. so what's up with monkeys in space yeah why is that a thing do you know 
Is it because we, yeah. we went to space? I yeah. think it's probably because we're like 98% like compatible to them. And I think maybe if a monkey can survive out in space, they thought maybe humans could too. Did they ever ship out a, a monkey space? space? Yeah. You've never heard of the John Prime Space Monkey song. That's what the whole thing's about. Maybe he was, a, he, is, was yeah. a, he was a cosmonaut. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the Russians were the first ones to do that. Gotcha. And I mean, obviously, very Russian of them. We shall send a monkey <laughs> to space. Like, yeah. yeah like, yeah. That's like, okay, sure. Send a monkey to space. Uh, I don't know if you really went into detail with this question, but where did the band originated? Uh, Blacksburg. Okay. So, yeah, I before was doing... You're from Florida, right? I lived in Florida. I'm lived originally from Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. Um, I lived in Florida with my grandma, like the Sebring area. So we chilled there for a little bit. Dude, people are broke. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we moved back up here. My mom's family is from this area, so we just... We moved down there. My dad is from that area. He's down from Florida. Um, but yeah, we moved back up here after living with her, and it was, it was, it was definitely an interesting place to live. Yeah. But at the it same sounds point. like an interesting place. To <laughs> yeah. Live, based nah, off the I headlines. Mean, yeah. I, I'm sure I have some random relatives that are still chilling down there, but Florida's <laughs> an interesting state. Like <laughs> everybody's got relatives that live down there. Yeah. Like the yeah. older people in their family, when they have arthritis, they they go down to Florida it's good for, for six bones. months. It's good for the bones. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good for the bones. God, I hate maybe not good for the mind to live down in Florida, but it's nah, good for the bones. Nah. Something in the air in Florida. I felt Florida it when man. I visited. Yes. Florida I felt man. It. That's all you have to ever tell somebody. Yeah. Florida yeah. man. Um, how many band members? Uh, are there? We got five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Right. On your Facebook page right now, it says some guy's got a harmonica. Yes. Really? Yes. Somebody's got a harmonica. Corey. Corey. Yeah. He's a harmonica, harp player, and also our piano player. Yeah. He, that man is a musical genius. He doesn't give himself enough credit. Um, I've always said that at least when we added Corey, that definitely took our band to kind of a next next kind of sound because. Drums, bass, guitar, singer. Yeah, like, those, are, those are your core your instruments. Core. That's yeah. your core. Yeah. But once somebody, at least in that realm, too, brings in the harmonica and you have the keys and yeah. it had like I, I, I'm one of those guys. Eventually, Space Monkey, if it had nine members, like Slipknot, I'd man, be dope. Man, you got I'd one, be, I'd be cool with. You that. got one man who gets on a drum that goes to the ceiling. He's <laughs> banging on one drum. Mm-hmm. That's his, that's his fucking job. To yeah. bang on one drum. Yeah, the keg player for sure. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, adding Corey that definitely added another element. Uh, and we've always experimented with other people that want to play with us, and just you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a gatekeeper of anything. That's I think the best part about that band is nobody is like. I'm the leader of the band. Like nobody, nobody's quarterback, and it's you know it's it's rugby, it's rugby more than football. Yeah, um, it's a team, nice. and yeah, you got that's, that's the thing. I don't understand how some bands name them after somebody's name, like the the lead singer or something yeah. like that. I'm, I'm, I've always thought that too because I watched Ted Nugent live videos the other day, right. and I was like, why the fuck? Because the dude that sings for Ted Nugent, like Stranglehold. Mm-hmm. If you watch a str- live video of Ted Nugent playing Stranglehold, I don't know the guy's name. I'm sure we could find out. But the lead sing- like the singer in that song, amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing singer. And I'm like, why the fuck don't they name this, you know, something? Wait a second. <laughs> Ted Nugent's not singing Stranglehold? No. No. I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, no. No, that's not Ted Nugent. Yeah, that's a whole other So what's dude. Ted Nugent doing? He's shredding. 
shredding in Melton's face. Well, he did like, a good job in that song. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> obviously, Ted Nugent has his opinions, but I, I talked to my band at practice last time, and I was telling them, I was like, you know, I don't really fuck with Ted Nugent on an ideological level. No. But Ted Nugent shreds a guitar. Yeah, he does. And, like, I, at that time, but then I was, kind of, I was asking that question, why do they name it something else? And then Ted Nugent is, like, on stage, that dude's crazy. Like, that's why they name it Ted Nugent. And it was like, maybe it's a ego trip for some guys, but maybe some people are just spectacles. Yeah. And that's how you right. should advertise it. Like, I would be like... Say they know the person. Yeah. Nobody goes to see Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young to see, the like, the guy in the background with, the, like, the big light. Nobody's <laughs> going to see that guy. They're going to see the people that they're yeah. talking about. But, at the same time, uh, I don't like it when it's... Like, Jimi Hendrix, for instance. Legendary dude. But why does it have to be the Jimi Hendrix experience? Mm-hmm. It's more people than just Jimi Hendrix. Right. There's a drummer. There's a bass player. And, like, while he is a legend in his own and it's a great band, like, that's one where I'm like, you should have thought of a name. Like, yeah. <laughs> I get it that you're experiencing him, but at the same time, like. Well, I mean, there's got to be, like, say, John Mayer has, like, a background band or yeah. whatever the plays. Bruno Mars, guys like Bruno that. Bruno Mars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, and that's they're all big performers. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're there for the whole show. It's like Alice Cooper. Yeah, like Alice Cooper, I think is like one of those first dudes that was like, all right, when you come to my show, I'm gonna make you remember something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this man decapitated himself every night in like 1978. Like, yeah. that's crazy. But at the same time, yeah, I think people maybe it's just the ego thing. I don't know. Yeah, wasn't Ozzy eating bats? Yeah, eating. Yeah, it, wasn't I, it? He didn't. Think it was a real bat? I think it was. Yeah, I think there's something that says like he thought it was a rubber bat, and he's like, "I'm gonna freak everybody out." And then I guess he just chomped down at the wrong time. And right. Like, Whoa, that was a bad idea. <laughs> I'd have loved him in his. Do we uh, do we hit that at Space Monkey shows? Right. No, no, we do not. Uh, we don't harm any animals during our show. Uh, I know that we we one time on our Facebook, I think we did a show in West Virginia. And uh, on the poster we put, or no, it might have been in Floyd actually. Um, but on the poster we put we put this one, and it was a, a space monkey, and he was smoking a cigarette. Mm. And that's just funny to me. Yeah. And at the same time, though, somebody went on our Facebook, and they were like, "How could you possibly post something with an animal doing?" And I was like, "Why is there always somebody to say something like that?" Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's the key. It's it's somebody. Yeah. It's one person. That's yeah. the that's the theme of the show. We go at cancel culture. And, yeah, you know. no, like I, I get not wanting to disrespect somebody, but. We're a local band. Like we are, we are not actually making chimpanzees smoke cigarettes on stage. Right. Like I don't even know if there's any chimps in the area. And shit. And if we did, we'd probably charge forty dollars extra. Like yeah. you want to see something crazy? All right, that's fifty bucks. We'll yeah. see you. Right. Right. Well, uh, I asked if you wanted to play a couple songs for this episode. Um, would you want to play one right now and then maybe one at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's absolutely cool. fine. So let's. Uh... Okay. So what are you gonna? play this first song uh first song i want to do is frank ocean it's a frank ocean cover that i do um trying to like i guess it's a good way to tell i trying to get back and kind of just doing solo shows of my own stuff so i have been kind of working with acoustic things as well so this is definitely one that's going to be played yeah this is uh shit what is the name of the song (laughs) (laughs) wait wait wait. you're gonna play a song you don't know that's crazy yeah no <laughs> That'd be like you're about to play Crazy Train, oh, but you don't shit. know it's yeah. Crazy Train. What is Crazy Train? The train is crazy. The train is crazy. Let's see. Hold on. That's the best part about doing it. Sometimes you play the song so much that you forget the name of it. Wow. 
It's like lyrics. I know, uh, I think it's, um, I think it's Robert Plant who said he's never sang Stairway to Heaven the same way twice. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's called We All Try. That's okay. Derek, I have never heard that song. Yeah, no. But 
when I hear Frank Ocean, I automatically think, you know, R&B, you know, rap kind of. Yeah. Thing. And, like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you take, like, a song like that and turn it into that? Frank okay. Ocean... You gonna move his mic closer, or is that fine? That's fine. Yeah, is that one good? Yeah. Okay, cool. Frank Ocean to me, um, that is one of my biggest inspirations. Not just on a musician, li- like a musicianship level. That guy handled his private life, I think, in a good way. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of being a musician is understanding that you are actually risking it. Like your life, your comfortability, your family, your girlfriend, your kids—if you have them—all that stuff. If you really follow it, it does make you have to choose eventually. And I think Frank Ocean was one of those guys that once his sexuality got put out publicly and people were like, oh, yo, fuck this dude. Or like, oh, it's so good. I love Frank He's like, well, this is none of y'all's business in the first place. And I think for him as a musician to kind of back away from fame and really do it to make sure that his art didn't suffer, that's a guy that I want to play shit that he wrote. Mm -hmm. Because, like, that's a big part of, I guess, just playing music as a whole is like you're kind of putting your soul out there for people to see and I think that taking a song like that and taking it onto a 12 string acoustic that's some coffee shop goodness right there <laughs> yeah. like and that's yeah. that's easily that's easily one of my favorite songs play now a few weeks ago you were telling me that at the end of the day you feel like you're an R&B type singer yeah yeah I'm a child yeah. of the 90s like yeah. I think I think we grew up uh in a very cool time because we got the internet when we were kids right. and I got to grow and up not during our adult. Yeah. No, nah, like I didn't grow up with it. I, I, I remember living life without the internet and I, I, I remember very vaguely yeah, about it, but like at the same time, even like I was born in 92. Right. So mm-hmm. 92, the internet's a thing. Clinton gets an office, you know, that's really, I think too, a big reason why not like on politics or anything, but why Bill Clinton gets so much credit of doing things for different people in different communities. He was president at the right time when the internet came around that, and that changed everything. And I think that we are in a generation now that the internet is so imperative to almost everything. If you're creative that you have to, you have to put it on the internet Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like word of mouth is good, but if you're trying to do this and you're trying to make it your job, the internet is imperative. You have to have it. Yeah. And I think fine, but it's good because I think you find a lot of musicians that you would have never found any other way. I mean, right? Because Steve talked about it before he he's trying to get rid of social media completely. Yeah, I don't blame him. I have those thoughts as well, but also, um, you know, for the podcast, you yeah. have, you have to have yeah that, yeah. I think it, it can be like a requirement of the job. Yeah. You don't personally have to have it. Yeah, I. I, I don't personally tell people to have a nice day mm-hmm. after I see every single person. But if I'm at my job, I have to. That's customer service. Yeah. Like, and to maybe just think of uh, social media platform as a customer service. Like, you don't take it home with you. But, like, right. if it's there for the audience, you know, that's just who it's for. It's right. the people that digest it. So That's a good way to put it, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you mentioned this. How long have has the band been together? We started, it's probably been about three years of actual, like, getting everything set. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime I think a band starts, or if somebody wants to start a musical project, I think that there has to be a time period where you get to know everybody. Because if you're not friends with people, like, it just, it ain't gonna work, man. Yeah. Like, I've, I've done music long enough and been in situations with people that, you know, 
maybe I disagreed with them on certain things or they disagreed with me on certain things or one of us didn't do what we could do to keep things going. And you just have to kind of bite the bullet when that happens. But definitely having that time to, I guess, cultivate your friendship with those people, that's the best part about it. But, yeah, it's been probably three years of mm-hmm. just steady just trying to play and obviously with, like, making an album. But, I mean, we've been – I've known the guys for probably five years. Oh, okay. So, but definitely just taking that time to write original music because when we first started, we did covers. That's, like, what most yeah. people will first – got to do covers. Yeah, man, you just – especially if you're on the bar scene or if you're playing. They'll yeah, be like, play Freebird. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we do. Play. Hey, on our live show, <laughs> we I will always say, if you will give me $100 cash, we will play Freebird. We have had it happen one time. Oh wow! Yeah, and we uh, we we played the shit out of Freebird. Do you like, like Freebird? I I do, man. I'm a Leonard Skinner fan. I love every. I like pretty much everything that band put out. But at the same time, like I don't want to play everything that that band yeah. put out. Yeah. But yeah, Freebird. We do that as a joke because I mean, there's always one asshole in a crowd. That's, that's just what. Yeah. Yeah. Freebird! yeah, yeah. See right there. Like, <laughs> there's always gonna be one person. My friend thinks we should uh, make Freebird the national anthem. So at the Olympics, when we win gold medals, oh, they man. have the uh, the competitors have to sit there and listen to Freebird. For the night, the oh, nineteen, yeah, the nineteen minute album 19, version. Yeah, that version. <laughs> that's what my friend wants. He wants the national anthem to be changed to Freebird. Next time the U.S. Uh, men's basketball team wins a gold medal, that's what they should play. <laughs> And you have some little Ukrainian boy crying for 19 minutes yeah. as his team got smacked 197 to three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the premise of. The, I don't think the U.S. should be allowed to compete in the basketball. I think they should put the women's it's, basketball team. Hell yes, absolutely. The U.S. The women's WNBA national team stars yeah. would probably be these that's countries' right. men. Lisa Leslie come out of retirement for some shit like that. Right, like, Candace Parker and all. That. Absolutely, yeah. she's a baller. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Candace if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> I think she's on TNT now. She covers the NBA on TNT. I think, yeah, I think she does. Yeah. I saw some picture with her and her daughter. I think that's her daughter. I don't know. I could be speaking out of town Dude, she, how old is she now? I remember watching her as a kid. I don't know. The kid, I think, was playing basketball. Like I was like, oh. Well, that's, she can't be that old. I don't know. I, like I said, I could be bullshitting right now. I thought that's what I think I saw. <laughs> so it sounds like Derek's a, a sports fan as well. Yeah. Uh, big you're, sports fan. You're a big soccer guy, aren't you? I'm a big soccer fan. Uh-oh. I see his Manchester. United. Oh yeah, yes, sir. He's got Manchester United pants on. I bleed on. red. I bleed red. Well, well, you'd bleed the wrong kind of red because you, you, you got Liverpool in this house, and, well, you got, and you got the poor Tottenham Hotspur over here. Hey, shout out, shout out, <laughs> shout out, London boys. <laughs> take a beating every year. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm a big sports fan. That's that's always been outside of music. That's a big thing that I always have liked. Uh, big NFL guy, big college football guy. Mm-hmm. Just sorry. Uh, yes. I'm not, but you are not. I, I, he's not. Gay and sports. I'm trying to get him to like, hey, what are you into right now? Reality TV. I love 90 Day. Oh my goodness. 90, what is it? 90, 90 Day Fiance. Day yeah. Oh my gosh. Eric has got me into 90 Day Is that Day the guy, is that the show with the dude with the little neck? But, yes, Big Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big neck Big Ed. Big Ed. Yeah. Yo, shout out Big Ed if you listen to the podcast. There, <laughs> <laughs> there is like... God. I get the draw. Like, I get it. it, it yeah. TLC, TLC as a whole. Can we take a moment to talk about TLC? Yeah. Because yeah. the learning channel, I ain't learned shit from them. <laughs> Tyler like Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. What am I learning from that besides mean moms? Yeah. The kids. Some lady that's going to have an, un, an unreceited return at TJ Maxx next week. That's right. what that show is. The only reality TV that I really enjoyed growing up was like Survivor and yeah. stuff like that or like Fear Factor. Big yeah. Brother. Big Brother. Did you believe that Survivor was real when you were a kid? 
Yes. Okay. Now, there's probably <laughs> showers for yeah, them. Yeah, nah. Like, I'm sure it's a whole campsite. Yeah, like, yeah, like naked and afraid. Are, yeah. are they out there in the woods for a month naked and afraid? I think. Well, they're really naked, which would be they are really so naked. embarrassing. Yeah, nah. That's what makes the show, though. Yeah. Like yeah, my dad was really big in the naked and afraid. It should just be called yeah. Blurred and Afraid. Blurred they ain't and showing afraid. nothing. You get a butt cheek every once censored in a while. Censored and afraid. Yeah, censored and afraid in the woods. <laughs> um, but going back to 90 Day, like, at first I was going, I was like, okay, this is just going to be stupid. Yeah. But I watched the first season, and it is so outrageous. So what is the, what is the concept? I've never really, like, sat down and watched it. Well, Don't basically. Don't they meet fian- uh, significant others from other countries? Well, it, it goes Are they trying to get, to, like, citizenship? There's the catch. Okay. You, you, don't, you don't know. We found it. There you, it is. Okay. You don't know if they're lying or if they're telling the truth. Yeah. And more than likely, they are telling the truth. They are in love with the person. Yeah. But the the people that they pick for the show, they're just, they're the oddball of yeah. the world. It's, I just I just think of those kind of shows, though, and, like, when the cameras are turned off, what's the conversation? Yeah. Like, hey, are, do you really love me, or, like, we just doing this for the bag? Like, <laughs> right, what's right. happening? Like, right, yeah. do you actually love me, or, like, yeah. what's going on? I mean, I get why people watch it, though. It's I get it. It's fascinating. Uh, there is probably close to maybe 15 spinoffs to that show. Wow. Yeah. They should have like fifteen day fiance. Like, <laughs> yeah, this bitch has been in my house two weeks. I can't fucking stand her. I'm sending her back. Ever what since one night Vegas fiance. I'm there sure you go. They have it. That's called the Hangover. I think that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. I think they made that. That is a quality Hangover. <laughs> yes. Ever since me and Erica started dating, we've been watching that, and we've probably finished three or four spinoff series. Yeah, or with the regular than every the couple has shows. Yeah, yeah, every couple has. What shows. Love Island? Ooh. Now, I've never watched it, but I have heard so much Twitter yeah. shit about that. Oh, hey, uh, all I hear about on Twitter is The Bachelor. And there's no... I could Yeah, that's one thing I can't... How many seasons That's the whorehouse. That's literally a whorehouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One 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 dude. guy gets one to fuck dude. all these girls. <laughs> one girl gets to fuck all these guys. They have, yeah. a, they have a separate one in the fall and the spring. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes we get them twisted and some dude's fucking all the dudes. Like, oh. <laughs> Wow. I don't think America's ready for for that type of bachelor show. No, uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe ten years. Ten years, give it some time. Yeah. On, um, H- on HBO Max. <laughs> behind a paywall. Shout out to HBO Max if you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> shouting out everybody. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get the trying to get those sponsors. Let's get me. those sponsors. Trying to get those sponsors. Uh well let's go back to uh the music. Uh you mentioned it mentioned it briefly. The genre of the band. It's like a jazz. Yeah, that's a that's a highly debated topic with us. Yeah. Um, jazz. jazz, blues, jazz, blues, R and B, rock. Like, what what really are you? I think for us, probably the most comfortable answer is we're just a rock band. Right. We're a basic rock band, and we like to surprise people when they actually listen to it. Like, right. like they'll put you in. All yeah. Time. Like I'm I'm just trying to get on the bill. Like yeah. I, we can play whatever you want. That's the thing. So like I think for us, we are such fans of other types of music that you really can't help but bring in different influences that you have. For me, I've always considered myself as an R&B singer. Mm-hmm. But then for Taylor, our guitar player, that man is a very good rock and blues guitar player. But he can play jazz chords. He can play all the... If you need him to play it, he probably can play it. But definitely, everybody in there has different influences. Everybody, like for me, I'm a humongous metal fan. Right. I have always been a metal fan. I've been in metal bands before. My drummer is the same. And pretty much everybody there has that enjoyment and it doesn't always show, but there are times if we need to beef something up, 
we'll just be like, all right, you guys, we'll channel maybe a heavier sounding band. So like we'll have like Sabbath influences sometimes that come out and there are some nice ring out chords that you just right. want to hit off of like Zeppelin tunes and things right. like that. Everybody, and that's rock and blues and that's just, everybody's been taking each other's stuff for years and like, but I think for us, we like to pride ourselves in kind of being like a multi-genre band. We can, whatever fits the mood is what we're going to kind of go for. And we've never been afraid as you guys have like tool, like all the yeah. stuff here. That's a band that's never been afraid to go like, all right, let's just make something. Yeah. These guys don't give a shit. Nah, nah. What did you think of the last album? Oh, I loved it. Do you? And, yeah. they, and they took, what, 14 years off? Yeah, nah. Is it 14? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that... They didn't give it, and they didn't break up. They were yeah. just like... We're just not we'll playing. We're not doing nothing. We'll like, it, yeah, we'll make it when we make what a, it. What a luxury as a yeah. musician to be able to do that, and then like right. you banked on people buying that, and whether it's good or not, whether you like it or if you don't like it. Tool was a great band in one time in life, and then when they said, "Okay, we're going to take this long hiatus break," the hype never died down. If anything, it became like a half life meme. Where it's like the next Tool album. Yes. Or like Rage Against like the Machine. Yeah, like Chinese Democracy with Guns N' Roses. There are just some of these albums. Before the uh, the album came out, weren't they not on like the streaming services? No. No, yeah, they pulled like all their stuff off. Because I yeah. think that's one of Maynard's big complaints is that, you know, these companies kind of own musicians. Yeah. I think like Spotify. Like, if you really think about it, Spotify owns musicians. Yeah. Like, you go on there, you you pay them to put your stuff on it. Right. And like people pull and pull and pull and yeah, you can get the check and you can get you know revenue from that and it's a good way to get your music out there. It's one of the only I guess crucial ways now yeah. to be on those different platforms. But like yeah, musicians that just took so long to have that fan base that they're so it's so banked on that people are going to buy that album. Mm-hmm. And it's like for me, I like Tool and like the new album for me, it's like okay, that's a Tool album. Yeah, it's like ACDC with their last album that just came out, and it's like it's a, it's a, it's an ACDC album. Yeah, and I think that people find their lane and they stay on it. And I think for you know Maynard and all the guys in Tool, I think that they did exactly what they said they were going to do. Like they just made an album that they knew people were going to like. It's not so. like Maynard isn't busy either. Oh my gosh, yeah. Man runs like a vineyard, got like seven other bands. Like, <laughs> dude, like yeah. I couldn't imagine. He has like jujitsu gyms. Like, he's yeah, a busy like, man. yeah. He's a he's, busy man. He's out there doing grape, like grape sniffing. So it's not like for 14 years he was doing nothing. Yeah, no, no, no. By all, I mean, he's I stomping think, on grapes. Yeah, man. That, that, he, Barefoot, yeah. Yeah, I think for, it, as a musician, there are people that are... It's so about like letting people know who you are. Yeah. It's like making your stamp on Marketing. time. Yeah, man. And like people that even maybe don't even care about the marketing aspect, they have this whole idea of a legacy. Yeah. And it's like people want to build their legacy. Why? Because at the end of the day, we don't know if anything's after what we're doing right now. Right. And so when you have to make that time count. Now, there are some people that, you know, I've always believed that there are some people who are destined to do things and there's some people who are just destined to watch people do great things. Mm. And I don't think either of those people are more insignificant or more important than any other. Some people are creators and some people are digesters. And that's just how it works. But I think the art is the thing that you should focus on when that's being made. You know, 10,000 Days, when I first heard 10,000 Days, that blew my mind. Because yeah. I had never heard anything like that. But then the absolute rabbit hole that that can take you down into Mashuga and Machine Head. And, like, like you can get into, like, Between the Buried and Me and all these other great like heavy bands that yeah. use very grandeur music style. They all get that from like Tool and Meshuga and like yeah. all these bands that were before them. But at the same time, that person who's listening to a musician and if you like everybody's favorite song, that affected you that way because you digested it. 
the art is the thing that was important. You thank the artist for what they make. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, unfortunately, some people, you know, give them the world for making really shitty music. But I guess the people like it. So, right. I mean, like, and I guess it's jealousy rather than anything when you see something that, like, Mumble Rat, for instance. Right. Like, I'm oh not a God. Mumble, I, I can't stand Mumble Rat right. because I, I like hip-hop. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I don't like what it's become. Doesn't mean that, you it's know. It's not appealing. Yeah, it doesn't mean the kids don't like it. It don't mean that it's not good for that. Like, sure, like, whatever gets it done at the end of the day, that's awesome. But I don't have to digest it. Yeah. And it's like, I can respect a creator, but I get to choose what I take in and what I put out there, pretty much. I've been thinking about how insignificant mumble rap is for years. I think about songs, R&B, rock songs, you know, that live on forever. I hear Sweet Child of Mine at the gym, you know, four four times during my (laughs) weight. I always think of Step Brothers if I hear that song. (laughs) I I just think of some of the songs that come out now, they're just not going to live. And... And I worry about music. Some, I think, some genres of music. Yeah, I think when MC Hammer made Hammer Time, like, that paid the bills <laughs> when he made that song. But 20 years from now, Hammer Time's a joke. Like, yeah. right. And I would, I, that's, I think, you know, respect, hey, get the bag. If you're out there and if you're listening, shout out to you. But <laughs> Once shout again, another yeah, shout another out. Shout out. Another shout out. About but, the place and over yeah, under I mean, shout out. I, yeah, I mean, but... Definitely, like if you're in this to make some money, sure, run with what you think is gonna work. Like I don't... the like the horses in the back. Yeah, like <laughs> oh, yeah, no, definitely the horses in the back. But then like even like we joke about that song, but like Lil Nas X has inspired an entire generation and a group of kids yes. to be themselves and to make music or do whatever they want to do. Right. And I go, look, it was a weird ass way to get here. <laughs> yeah. It's like those roads to a party out in the woods. You go, wow, how did I get? This here? is a weird ass way to get out here but there is a girl over there with 34 double d's that's looking at me right yes, now. Exactly. i don't care how i got here I'm this here. is the end game <laughs> i'm here well going back to the other music um then there's some songs that just age so well like yeah. we're big stained fans it's been a while that you song? publicly said that on a podcast yes, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I, I have to tell a story just because okay. that jogs the memory so much. So when I was a kid, I remember riding in the car with my dad. And like I said, my dad is like a musical encyclopedia. Right. When Stained came out, that album that got really big and it's been a while, all that stuff, we were oh, listening to that album. And I'm sitting in the back. I'm probably like eight or nine years old. And I, it's when it's been a while since I have, and like, not that Eddie Vedder sang the song, but like at the same time, like I said, I said, it's been a while since I've had cheese. And I thought that that was the funniest shit in the world. So it's been a while since I had cheese. And like, and I'm making fun of the song. And my dad looks, turns around and looks at me and goes, hey, don't say that. That man's going through a hard time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, ha ha ha. He's like, I'm not joking. But I was like, God damn, you are defensive of this man that you just heard. And you can't even let me make a cheese joke in the back of the car. Break the cycle. Yeah. An album. So, exactly. so you think that music is a joke? Some of it. Damn. Yeah, some of it. Damn. Yeah, I don't respect I don't respect some music. Like, I get the creative aspect, but like there's just some shit that's bad. And it's never been good. Oh, yeah. But almost, I guess, now internet culture has told us that nothing's really bad. Yeah, it's was, just niche. I was it's at, a niche kind of thing. <laughs> I was at the gym yesterday, and a song came out. Mm-hmm. And my little you know, 19-year-old workout partner <laughs> who knows all the new music Tell that me. I don't listen to, he's like, they're playing this guy. And I was like, who's this guy? And he's like, oh, you wouldn't know him. He's a TikTok guy. Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I'm like, 
That's yeah. like a genre of music now. TikTok. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. That's absolutely. crazy. TikTok is a phenomenal way to get your music out there. If you can make a really goofy video, I think go viral with a song in the background. That's like what it is. I I draw I mean driving here, I got a 20 minute drive. There's probably one song on there, one two songs that played on a 20 minute drive that I heard on TikTok. Mm. And then you like click on it and it takes you to it and there's just musicians that are making some phenomenal music through that through that avenue, but it's such a it's such like a millennial Gen Z Gen X kind of thing that people don't take it seriously. Yeah, that's funny you say that because I literally liked a song I guess from a TikTok. Yeah, it's uh, Paparazzi, but it's by Kim Dracula. Okay, I think his name. Yeah. But it's a guy. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. it's a Lady Gaga song, yeah. Paparazzi, but it sounds like. A metal song. That's it's cool. amazing. That's cool. Kim yeah, Dracula, no. is that the artist? Kim Dracula. That's Kim Dracula. Shout, hey, oh. Kim, shout out Kim Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Dracula. So yeah, I, I don't know. TikTok, like, I guess just, it's kind of like YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, like, people, when you were in the beginning stages of YouTube, you, you, like, didn't know if it was serious or not. But then, obviously, now you have guys like Shane Dawson and, like, all these other, like, humongous YouTubers yeah. and, like, Jake Paul and Logan Paul and all these yeah. guys. Yeah. And they're celebrities. They are they are full-fledged celebrities, but they always have the the little attachment when they pop YouTube up. Famous. YouTube star or YouTube, <laughs> like, YouTuber. Like, and it's, I don't know if TikTok is going to be that, but, like. TikTok, I think, a is TikToker, that. TikTok is yeah. creating a TikToker, millionaires. Like, that's, it's creating 14-year-old millionaires. That sounds like a slur. <laughs> TikToker? Damn TikTokers. TikTok. Yeah, that's going to get banned. Pro- property value went down when the TikTokers moved in, so. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, most hated genre? Like, what do you not like? I'm if you say country, you're going to offend a lot of people. I'm going to catch flag. It is country. Yeah. But it's not. It well, is not. country. I don't care for country. Now, now country is music. it modern country or is yeah, it? Yeah, it's stadium country. It's, oh, okay. it's, the, it's the same. It is the same issue in music that is in, like we said, mumble rap. Mm-hmm. If you look at modern hip hop, there is probably 70% of the songs where there are very popular phrases, euphemisms, analogies like sayings like and they all sound the same drake yeah well like not like i think like soundcloud like soundcloud rap when that first started you will always hear like the same seven phrases yeah and it always goes through and it's got an 808 and there's little like little drum hits and shit like that yeah like and it all sounds the same the snare but it's like it's like we're dubstep like infected rap Okay. And so it did that, but now you have a side of country music, and fuck anybody who shows hate because of this, but I'm just going to say it. There are people in country that want to be rappers so bad. Yeah, I've, I've noticed. And it's, it of- started like in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and like Nelly getting on a song with like Little Big Town or something like over that. Over and really? over again. Yeah. And it's he like. Did that with Tim McGraw. Tim yeah, McGraw. or Tim McGraw. Yeah, and there's like that weird twist. And I remember vaguely in my mind when that happened, I was like, oh, this is going to start some shit. Like, but now <laughs> ginormous lifted trucks with like chromed out wheels, and like it's like if you watch. Some country videos now, they're just like rap videos from the 90s. With except cowboy a, hats. Yeah, with cowboy hats <laughs> and painted on jeans, whatever well, the you, fuck that means. You like, get like this, because there's people here in the county that dress like this. Yeah. Uh, the the ripped... <laughs> Talking about getting offensive. <laughs> the, the, the ripped jeans yeah. that 
yeah. you get from. He didn't even work to get the holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get under a car. Them jeans ain't the stress they're giving up. You like, got you got the white cowboy boots. Yeah, you got the the tucked in plaid yeah. button up. Yeah, you got the cowboy hat. Then you have earrings. I'm a I'm a big fan <laughs> of guys like. Like I said, when I was in high school, like, I listened to, like, metal and stuff like that. And that's, like, the age of, like, the emo kid. So, like, <laughs> seeing kids and stuff like that. That was middle school and, like, <laughs> like trip pants and, like, they're that. Just, yeah, like, <laughs> but those kids are usually the nicest kids in the class. Everybody thinks that they're going to, you know, come to school. They're misunderstood. Trying to, yeah, trying to just hurt all their friends. But, like, no, at the same Aww. time, like, yeah, like, yeah. they're not doing that. Like, at the same time, those kids... Like, when they started wearing skinny jeans. Like, I'm a bigger dude. I had a phase with skinny jeans, and my dad just told me flat out, dog, you ain't skinny. You, like, <laughs> like you can wear slim fit, but yeah. you ain't skinny. And, like, yeah. but they, I would always hear, like, quote-unquote rednecks being like, oh, y'all wearing them skinny jeans? Dude, I see guys now who are quote-unquote rednecks that their jeans are tighter than their girlfriends. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, how do your boots fit over that? Like, right. And I sit back and I go, this is just a weird time. Or just the fact that mullets have become so socially yeah, acceptable. Yeah, we're going to that next week. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, please. I'll listen for that one. But yeah. put my two cents in. I do not support mullets. Unless it's a, a really either. glorious one. Yeah. It's like a beard. Just, you know. Well, looking at your appearance... Yeah. Um, it looks like you would, you know, sing like the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, excuse you. <laughs> yeah, tell you I'm burping. Yeah, nah. Oh no, I still will do that. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I still will do that. Um, I'd love to hear it. Hey, I'm trying. Like I said, I a lot of music is going to be coming out. The shameless plug of the album. Right. Uh, yeah, Faust is going to be coming out when that album comes out. It's definitely going to be one thing in its own. But I think it's tr- we're trying to do Space Monkey. I've always said to the band that th- we have another, there's another band that my drummer and my bass player are both in, and they're called Lux Arcada. Definitely check them out if you guys can. Um, show them some support. They are more of like a shoegaze style band. So, like, ringing out like Deftone style shoegaze. Like, okay. yes. But I've always said, hey, if y'all ever need. A like a heavy vocalist on there definitely give me a shot right. because I think Space Monkey we see it almost like a house so mm-hmm. it's like a house of music almost like back in the seventies when like you had like Muscle Shoals music and stuff like that you had this group of people that make music with so many different people but we always kind of come back and I think that Space Monkey while it's a band it also is a place where we're trying to just make a lot of different types of music because that's the best part about being being a musician. And if you have the ability to create things, sometimes you just don't need to control what you create. Sometimes right. you just need to make things just for the sake of making it. Because so, like, why go down one path when you you have the opportunity if you have to the go ability down, yeah. and if you have the talent and if you put the work in, I think to do multiple things, you should definitely venture into those because I don't think anybody ever wants to isolate their abilities right. or cut off maybe something that they're trying to do. Like, if you want to be an author, sit down and write a book and get it critiqued. And go through the process and work on your craft. And if it's good enough, and if a publisher picks it up, then you're an author. Yeah. And that's just how it is. But if that same person goes, well, I'm going to take a summer off and I'm going to learn violin. And then if they play violin through the entire summer and then they play some small show, then they're a musician. Yeah. You're just adding titles. This shit's like a video game. Like, <laughs> life as a whole is like a video yeah, game. it's a simulation. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's a simulation. But yeah. and, and the, in the truest extent of it. Right. Is you have so much control over what you really can do. Like I, I, I was a cigarette smoker for 13 years, but one day I just told myself, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm going to hold myself accountable. Yeah. And that was the only thing that will get you past that kind of stuff. The only time that you're going to get something done 
or just be what you think that you want to be or correct something or do something. Mm -hmm. You have to be the person that enacts it. That's the issue that a lot of people, I hope, don't have when we come out of COVID is that they're like, well, I have all these ideas of just shit I want to do. Like, you guys, y'all started the podcast. Yeah. But you, you had to just sit down, put the mics in, and then get the computers out and do all that. So that's really what gets you going. But you definitely have to hold yourself accountable. And like I said, with when I quit smoking, that was like the first time in my life I was ever like, holy shit, I really can change some stuff. Yeah. And that's something that I feel that people need to remind themselves of on a daily basis is, yeah, you can have fun while you do this. But think about a little bit into the future and think about what are you setting up for? Because I hate for people to be on autopilot through their life. Because like I said earlier, we, you, you don't know if there's anything after this. So you just right. have to make the most of what you're given mm-hmm. and be proud of what you're doing. And that's that's And definitely, take chances. Yeah, don't be scared. Cause, and like I told you when we were on that trip, mm-hmm. I said, you know, just because there's a timeout doesn't mean you get to take time off. Yeah. And, and if you do something creative, you should do it for the love of it. You should do it for why you enjoy doing those things. But then at the same time, don't don't crush yourself with, I guess, expectation. Don't crush yourself with like an overwhelming, like, we've got to get this many followers or this many subscribers. Or like, we have to have this many album sales. Or we got to do this in this amount of time. We all best perform, I think, when we do it out of love. And we do it out of passion. And we do it out of what we want to do. Mm. Not so much at times where you're like, well, I have six months to make an album. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. If you tell me i got six months to make an album, that album's going to fucking suck. Right. Like, it's... Exactly. And there's that's no why, other... problem with some of these rappers that pop out albums. Yeah. Like, how did you put an album out in two months? Oh, because it's low quality. Right. It's lo-fi in the worst way. <laughs> like, and I love a good lo-fi hip-hop, you know, relaxing, chill beat. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I'm not going to have that come out as, like, my main type of music. Because it's just so... It's so easy at times to make something like that. Now, if you put a lot of effort into it, and there are no diss to anybody who does any type of music. If you make your craft, that's your craft, and I respect you. But at the same time, I don't respect people that don't want to genuinely do what they're doing. Mm. Because that's the unfortunate part that comes with kids and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and like social media as a whole. There are kids that grow up that see, oh, if I don't make a mark and if no one knows my name, then I've done nothing in my life. And that's a really dangerous way to think about things because... It's your life. Ultimately, something is happening. And I think that that's where, like, SoundCloud rappers and mobile rap and bad country and bad rock and roll and dad rock and all this other shit. Like, no no hate on on dad rock. But, like, people. I was listening to Def Leppard all day Friday. Yeah, (laughs) man. Like, people that just don't want to do something that's them and just kind of have an honest moment and just want to follow the. The, the guide, I guess, mm-hmm. like a dungeon, like a D&D guidebook, man. Like, if yep. you're DMing your shit, that's cool. But, like, I think if you're just following it and if you're not making music that you genuinely are passionate about, then I feel like you're not, you're not being, like, you're not being, like, evil. But you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to take our lives a little more seriously in at least the legacy aspect of it. It's like, remember what you make, people will see. Yeah. And it probably will outlive you. And, you know, God willing, if you get to go through 75 to 100 years of life, hopefully you get to make a lot of cool stuff. But it's so much time to make that stuff. So that's like a part where I tell them, like, I try and tell people, especially younger musicians in this area specifically, is because we live in such a culturally rich place for music that we don't need to dilute it down just so it's marketable. You know, you can be unapologetically Appalachian. Yeah, and that there's nothing wrong with that. There's right. an entire bluegrass festival 
that's dedicated to people doing that. Yep. And you should be proud of where you come from and you should be proud of what it is. But if you want to forge something new and if you want to do something, that's where my support's at. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've listened to music my whole life and I have seen trend after trend after trend after trend come and go in different genres. Metal, hip-hop, rock. Like I've seen how these trends go. And every band that just follows the trend, you see how it goes. And it's, it ends up usually with people hating each other. Mm-hmm. And then they break up. And then they don't want to do that thing anymore. And that's that's unfortunate. Right. And I don't think any artist or creative person should be doing something someone else does. like Because that's not you. And yeah. ultimately, Space Monkey, that is where we found our sound. Is just being like, well, what do we genuinely want to play? Yeah. Not what gets everybody going. And we care about that. We always have cared about our live performance. And I want to shake asses and <laughs> rock faces. Like, that is my that is that is my goal at the end of the day. As a front man, as a singer, everything. But at the end of the day, too, I also want somebody to listen to my album alone. Mm-hmm. And I want them to... Lay on the bed with the headphones. Yeah, man. Like, definitely have, like, a nice dazed and confused moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want you to have that. I want you to put slow ride. Take it easy. Like, I want, I want you to... <laughs> I want you just to have that kind of experience because I think music is a very intimate thing. I think that mm-hmm. when I I don't sit down and I don't listen to like not not hating on Lil Nas X, but I don't I don't listen to Lil Nas X in my car, right. and I definitely going to listen to, listen to Lil Nas X while I'm just chilling by myself. Yeah. Now what Lil Nas X does is up to Lil Nas X, but what Space Monkey does that I do control. Right. And I do get to change how it sounds, and I do get to do that, but. At the same time, for bands rather than solo artists, the best thing you can do is remember that it's not just you. There are other members of the band that's families matter, and there are people that maybe they want to play a certain thing a certain way, and you have to have that communication. Any good relationship, it's based off of communication. Yeah. Um, that was the advice for this week, by the way. Yeah, yeah I was trying to say that. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a long-winded person. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> it was in the middle of that. <laughs> what we usually do, we're like... Um, when we have guests on, we're like, do you have any advice for the listeners? Because this is unhelpful advice, and we usually don't give helpful yeah, advice. Yeah, that was definitely my helpful advice. We appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I was wanting to get into, uh, you know, we were talking about Floyd Fest when uh, Teddy was gone, taking one of his piss breaks. Right. <laughs> and I was asking Derek if he'd ever played at Floyd Fest, and he said that's the ultimate goal. So how mm. does one perform at Floyd Fest? Well, you just have to get to know people. I think of... Uh, uh, right now, that's a, that's definitely a local goal for me. Is and we've had some communication with at least the people that run stuff of just like, hey, we like your music, and you know, we've had some of the dudes come out to some shows, and I think I, it is going back to like we originally started talking about. I think that to get a show like Floyd Fest, while it is growing and it's growing and it's growing, that is a ginormous networking opportunity um, that we all see, especially in this area. Cause that's one of the biggest events that you can get on in this area. Oh, yeah. right. And you're going to have communications with some record labels. If you get on that, you're going to be able to go to some stages and you're going to play and you're going to do what you're going to do. And it's almost like when people have hopes of being like, Oh, I'm going, I'm going to American Idol and I'm going to sing in front of Simon. It's like, dog, I'm going to go to Floyd and play in front of a bunch of people that just want to listen to music. Right. And whatever comes out of that just comes out of that. And that's the thing you, you just trust the process, but definitely you got to get into someone's ear. I think any any uh, any shows that are going to be coming up, it's definitely more planned than anything right now. And uh, what's like the your favorite venue to play at? One of my favorite venues, uh, Dogtown Brewing in Floyd. 
those guys showed us. We played there one time, and that show was probably one of the most energetic shows I've played, regardless of genre. And it was no one knew who we were. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew any of the songs. We played some covers that people knew, and that kind of got them. But once we started playing originals, we were getting a better reaction out of the originals than we were out of the covers that people were like dancing around to. And that was a very uplifting thing. And I think that they show a lot of love to musicians that are there. It's a good stage. It's a good, like, I I don't like small stages mm-hmm. for obvious reasons when you have, you know, all this equipment that we do, and we usually run our own sound and stuff like that. So we try and set up our entire show. But, yeah, Dogtown, if you guys get an opportunity, definitely go. They got some good-ass pizza out there. Oh, yeah? <laughs> they got some good-ass pizza out there. And, uh, yeah, just Floyd is a very cool community. They show us a lot of love. Our key player, he's from that area, so a lot of people there know him. And Floyd's a very hipster type area. It's it, I, that's one word for it. I think yeah. you can use. Um, it's it's definitely becoming a hip place to live. Yeah, it's in this area. If you say, "Hey, Dave's coming to dinner," and Dave's from Floyd, like I kind of <laughs> already know. Wild comedy. Yeah, Dave might be a cool guy. Yeah, Dave might be a cool guy. Like. <laughs> But where does that come from? It usually just comes from a community where people were pretty open to stuff. And, you know, people go out there and they're not big on big businesses. I mean, there's a pharmacy that is a local pharmacy. And then I think they opened up a CVS. Mm-hmm. And the town pretty much all had an agreement that they were not going to go to the CVS pharmacy because it's a big business. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> fuck them. We're going to the, we're going to go to the little pharmacy. That's so punk rock. That's so punk rock, Floyd. Y'all are cool. <laughs> but they only have one stoplight. So, I mean. Yeah. At the same time, but uh, yeah, I've I've always loved that venue. Um, and then the rail yard out in Bluefield, they've they've shown us a lot of love. That's we've I've never really had a venue not show us love. Now the payment aspect of things that's a debated topic for any person that does any type of performance. Right. You're never going to get paid what you really think you deserve to get paid. But at the same time. Those two places never really like lowballed us on anything. They were pretty upfront, and especially is it, being, is it like a uh, oh, if you come here, you'll get paid this much, or is it after the? Fact? It can be. That's that's so that's that's the interesting thing. Um, there are some venue. I won't name names specifically, yeah. but if anybody knows who we have dealt with in the past, or if you guys anybody in this area plays music, there are certain venues in this area that will absolutely one hundred percent screw you over. Wow. And it's a, it's a given. Yeah. There are two in particular that I can think of that I will respectfully not name. <laughs> right. But definitely they pull people mm. and they definitely want people to play there. But at the same time, when we've gone to those certain kind of places that have that feeling of you're here to set the ambiance, you're not here to perform, um, you get a real clear, people are real open with you about that kind of stuff. Especially if they're just trying to screw you over. And try and get a big cut out of what you do, and you know, because we bring the people in. That's that's yeah. that's ultimately what my job is to do: is to book a show and to, and to promote it mm-hmm. and to get people there. The venue, thank you for letting us play, but respectfully back up, right? Because we're here to give you a good product. We're we're all adults here. We don't need to like at this end. We use and like I said, we usually run sound, so there is a fee that comes with that as mm-hmm. well. We don't just bring all this equipment for free and just because we like to use it. Well, we do. But at the same time, there are some people that are going to want your door. There are some people that are going to want to cut of the bar sales. There's people that aren't going to give you enough food. There's going to be some people that offer you $10 in beer for six people. And we're, none of us are not yet. Yeah, none of us are little men. Like we like to drink beer. Like if we're if we're playing a show, if I'm there for four or five hours, I'm going to have a beer <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to relax. And I may even want something to eat. 
Especially yeah. if we drive there from somewhere. But as a musician, you're going to get screwed either way. This is a unavoidable thing that's going to happen. It just sucks when it's in your own backyard sometimes. Yeah. And I think that there are venues in this area that are doing, I think, a lot better. Because mostly, I think, what's coming in this area is the brewery scene. And those are pretty cool people that usually run that kind of stuff. We And there's very rarely are you going to have like an all-out issue mm-hmm. with them about payment because we all kind of are similar backgrounds and we all kind of look the same and long hair and beards and right. brews and like that's and they understand what it is but also they got a lot of money flowing in and as a musician in this area i feel that to provide good entertainment i'm a little entitled to a little bit of it right and i think that's what people in this area and just musicians as a whole is like, if you want to play, yeah, you should, if you just care about playing, if you don't care about getting paid, if it's just something you're doing for fun, play anywhere that allows you to. Um, because that's one show under your belt that is one more than you had before. Mm-hmm. And it's a new person that may listen to you. It's one more follow. It's one more like. It's one more person that's interested in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately is what you're trying to get. You're trying to build a following so you can do it. Now, if you care about money, you need to be picky. And there mm-hmm. there are some prices where people are just going to lowball. But also, for us, we try and understand, too, maybe people's circumstances, especially COVID. Um, a lot of people can't pay what they usually do because your capacity laws are different. So you can't you can't bank on a band bringing in, you know, five grand on the bar like you could on a Friday anywhere, even if the band sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, even if the band sucks. If, if they've never heard of you, they're probably not going to go out and see you. And you just have to slowly build it up, and you have to build a name. There are people in, like, um, I always think of, like, there's different, like, The Works. The Works is a really popular band in this area. Those mm-hmm. guys have put so many years into playing in this area, and they're pretty reliable, and you're going to get a show, and they're going to get paid what they get paid, and they're going to go home. And that is business. And I, I, I look at that, and I go, that's pretty inspiring because that's somebody who just set up their own thing, and I'm sure anytime they want to play, they talk, they talk to anybody in this area, and they're going to have them set on a night. And I think that that's, that really is a goal for us, but for us, it is to move outside the area. Yeah. It is to take this thing kind of on the road because what we feel that we have, we feel it's good enough to get out there and just kind of live the dream. Well, from and, the just the cover of that song, it was hell far. Yeah. The reason, the reason I brought up venues is because I went to a venue in Roanoke, and it's a church. Oh, what is? Uh, it's a church. Do you remember what it was called? What? Do you remember what it was? It's called Five Points Music. Five Sanctuary. Points Music. Okay. Word. It is a church That's... that they had converted into a. Concert venue. That is a bitch, wow. That is a bitch for music for instruments, but <laughs> that was the lo- the last live music yeah. experience. How I was had. the acoustics in that building? I'm, I don't know enough about acoustics. To did, it, <laughs> did it sound real big? Did it sound real big? No. Oh, it's interesting. Um, you would think like, is it a high ceiling church or? Yes. Yeah, you would think it would do that, but but um, maybe it just filled it out right. I mean, churches are kind of I think designed too to hold choir music, mm, like kind yeah. of encapsulate yeah, 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 yeah. it, where that has that vault where that vibration's not going to get out and it kind of bounces back down. Yeah. So I mean, that's why I think people cry when you go to a church and, they, and the choir starts singing is because you're getting vocal vibration like right back Coming down, down your from body. God himself. Yeah, you're literally like <laughs> feeling, and if you oh, like if you get that. And if it holds that vibration, that's like binaural beats. Like when you dive into the internet, you find out things like, oh, you can, like iDozer back in the day. I don't know if anybody remembers iDozer. So iDozer is a binaural beat. Um, and back in the day, you used to take like a ping pong ball and you cut it in half. And it's kind of like um, like MK Ultra 
like things that they used to do back in like the sixties and seventies where they would yeah. put them on, they put them in LSD and then they put them in this room with like red lights and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it literally is you go in a dark room and you put these things over your head. I think you can use a towel too, but it's a stimulating binaural beat. So it is a frequency that stimulates different parts of your brain. Mm. And it makes you have different emotions and you can have these different feelings and you can release endorphins and serotonin and stuff like that into your brain. And I think that's probably a large majority of why people, I think, have like spiritual experiences in churches, especially like during music is because they almost are stimulating. You're already having the thought of of something supernatural. Yeah. So and then you're adding on a physical feeling. On top of it, and that's some powerful shit. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah, that's some powerful and in this shit. Church, man. there's like pews mm-hmm. for the front rows, and mm-hmm. then it's like an open area behind it, and then there's like an upstairs VIP. They should definitely have a collection plate, though. They should 100% have a collection plate. Yes. <laughs> it's a tip jar in a way. Maybe and that's maybe that's the the next move is to offer do like a ties and offering thing to the band. Yeah. Sure, you get some right group out there really pissed off about that. But where where at in uh, Blacksburg have you performed? Blacksburg, we played our last show was out at um oh shoot, trying to remember. Uh, It was a brewery that was out in Blacksburg. Oh, was that right? Yeah, I can't remember what it was on. Unfortunately, it's been a while since we played Blacksburg with everything. It's been a while. Yeah, since I had cheese. (laughs) Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Derek. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about this album as a whole? I I'm. It is a conceptual album, uh, by far. It is definitely a concept album. Which I've really been excited. I always was kind of scared, honestly, to write a concept album because you have to be careful with it. I mean, you can't, you have to remember continuity. You got to remember a lot of stuff that authors have to go through. And Faust as a whole, the Faustian tale of a man selling his soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ultimate story, it, uh, without kind of spoiling it, you guys will have to get the album to find out what happens to the main character. But, um, yeah, this guy goes in, he has a deal with the devil, and it is a very literal deal that he goes He goes to a crossroad, he follows it just like Robert Johnson, and he goes through these routes, and he ends up being like, okay, well, I'll just sell this soul because I don't feel like it's a thing anyways. And he does, it's a guy who doesn't believe in God, he doesn't believe in any, like, there's nothing else, but he believes enough in the devil mm-hmm. that he can make a deal with the guy. And then uh, it's just kind of what comes out of, I guess the result of that, and it's a guy who falls, and it's a guy who falls down just a series of emotions that can come with feeling like you sold out, or feeling that maybe what you're doing isn't really what you want to do, or maybe if you're feeling that, you know, is it ultimately worth it to get rid of what you really have inside of you just for success, or for people to enjoy it, or anything like that? And I think that the idea of Faustian tales has been around for forever, pretty yeah, much. For- um, well, since Faust, uh, but, <laughs> so I mean, forever ago. Yeah, but I mean, that's such a blues kind of that's a that's a blues story always, and I think as a an opening album to start it off with a very high reverence to blues music and the folklore that goes behind blues. And I've always been a mythology and folklore fan. That's always been something I've been interested in. And I always like telling stories with those kind of allegories with Mm -hmm. it because I think that a musician, your job is to tell a story, 
but also to tell it in a way that hasn't been told before. And a lot of people have taken, they've had their take on a Faustian tale, classic throughout blues. Mm. But I think that this album, I'm really excited about it because I think it does take a different look at it. It takes a, it takes a much more, I guess, literal viewpoint, as in more figurative or like dramatization of it. Like you really can sell your soul out for some shit in life, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a big part of that album. But also, some bad things just happen, and it's how do you deal with that? And you know, if you don't have a moral guide, and if you're not guiding yourself, you know, regardless of what you believe in, if you're not having some sort of at least alignment and what you're trying to make and to have that story be told that somebody can make a mistake, but you can come back, but then also sometimes you can't. And it's a downfall that goes to that. Sometimes you make a decision, and it just is what it is. So this album, what you're saying is, has some really deep thoughts. It is deep. <laughs> like, it, it actually is, but it's not like... I, I, I'm proud to say that I don't think that we made it corny. I think some people can try and do, oh, I'm going to make this massive crazy idea conceptual album that's going to blow your mind like and i think by doing that it's kind of cheesy in a way because concept albums are cool when they're done right because you're trying too hard you're trying too hard yeah and the whole thing of blues is just to ultimately just accept your reality and i think that when it's trying to ground itself it is something that is trying to make reason but also it's a i think it's a person the big thing that I would take from the album away is that it is the result sometimes of people trying to rationalize irrational thought. And I think that that's a big theme that comes through, at least in the lyrics of the album, is I was going through a lot of weird shit when I was trying to write this thing. Right. But it also, it was one of the first times that that didn't immediately like influence what I was going to write about. But you can make a reference towards what you're what you're going through while still trying to have it be that one way. And I think you can get lost in an album sometimes if it gets yeah. too conceptual, and then you're just not talking about anything at that point. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before you leave, we would like for you to play one more song. Yeah, man. Absolutely. We'll close it out. After. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So what's this last song you're going to play for us? The last song is called Wander This World. It's a Johnny Lang tune off of his first album called Wander This World. Um, I've always liked this song just because the lyrics of it, I think, really do, uh, I guess, just represent a good way to see things. But at the same time, it is a it's a little bit of a hopeless kind of song at times. But um, it definitely is. This is kind of the vibe that we kind of took into the album. And I've always used this song kind of as like a reference point for that. But yeah. Okay.
Guys, let me fly. That was awesome. That was insane. Yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> you got some pipes. Hey, it's a, it is, it is. Uh, I guess a good way to think about it. Um, I work really hard to play like that. Yeah. And I think that anybody who, at least, puts a lot of time and a lot of effort in. Here's a second piece of advice I can give you. All right. <laughs> Here we go. If you guys. Yeah, I love playing music. That is like my thing. I mm-hmm. love doing it. And I think that if anybody, if you have something in your life that you like doing, put everything into it. Yeah. Like, just really see what you can do with it. And I think songs like that are, you know, that's like I said, that's a sad fucking song. But at the same time, you can pour your whole soul into that thing. Yeah. And that's always a song that I've always messed with for that exact reason. And like you said, uh, some musicians are picky when wanting to play just because of money. Yeah. You do it just because you love to do it. I love money too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, that's, I think that if you are in this for money, you're in it for the wrong reason. Right. I think that anybody who gets into any creative medium, if you're in it for money, you're probably just not doing it for the right reason. But I also believe that life will humble people like that. Mm-hmm. I think that eventually if, I think, you know, it's not, I believe you reap what you sow. I still think that those type of uh, lessons are good to have in life. And if you go into something with bad intentions, I think that it eventually, you know, you can't you can't keep a lie underneath for so long. Yeah. And I hope that people, 
at least look at music and if they look at art or just things as a whole as like it's a it's an opportunity to be honest like don't lie it's yeah. an opportunity to be honest and people will pay attention and i think honesty really i think people will relate to it a lot more and i think that that's why really the great artists in life have always been respected because they did not mind going into those territories mm-hmm. you have anything else uh where could people find you if you want to plug anything? Yeah, um, so right now we have everything on our Facebook. We're going to be setting up our Spotify here soon. We're going to have our band camp out soon. And that's just Space Monkey on yeah. Facebook? Yeah, so we're yeah, just go check us out. I think it's Space Monkey Band. You'll see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, check for the one that's based out of Blacksburg, Virginia. We're going to have a little bit of an overhaul, obviously, with the album. So that'll be a good time to upkeep everything. And right. Some new looks. We have a YouTube channel, too, so check us out on YouTube. There's going to be a lot of updates that we're going to try and do, at least with members of the band, what they feel about the album, try and do some videos. That's a huge side project for me that I always love doing is I'm mm-hmm. huge into, like, making YouTube videos, and, you know, I have two channels. That I have yeah, you're a big sneakerhead. Yeah, man. Yeah, I have a I have a vlog that's out there. Um, it's just Derek Howe, just D-E-R-K-H-O-W-E, um, and then I have D-Howe TV, which is more of a nerdy side of things yeah. like action figures and anime and we talk about like Gundam and just random shit that we're right. trying to do so I'm just trying to have fun man I'm just trying to create stuff but yeah Space Monkey definitely check out um, Instagram we're on all pretty much all platforms um, but yeah we're definitely going to have when the album is done there will be a absolute flood of stuff coming with it so we're so, really excited about it um, do you have like a certain uh, day when you'll be able to perform live is there like a venue that we have a we have a up? private show that we're doing um that we just have to figure out the date on and that's going to be kind of our dress rehearsal we are going to probably plug our facebook with that if that person is allowing people out there to do that yeah um because it is open space and we can practice social distancing and do it the proper and etiquette way right um because you know we're not out of the woods yet but uh <laughs> yeah. we're going into the woods we're getting there yeah we're going into the woods but uh no i think uh yeah we'll have that and then definitely just stay tuned to all that. We have we're in kind of when the album's done. That's when the press kit goes out, and then people just start picking us up. So that's yeah. at least the hope. I think the album. I hope that uh, when someone listens to it, they're going to want to give us a shot on their stage. So for sure, yeah. Well, thanks, Derek. For Absolutely, being on. guys. I it appreciate was, it. Yep. It's probably one of the most entertaining podcasts. Well, okay, we've done. you know, <laughs> like Howard Stern, what Teddy was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. What, what, what are you going to play today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate anybody that checks us out through this. It's a great way, and like I said, definitely come out to the shows because that's the that's the real experience. It's it's definitely yeah. we are a live band. That is. I, like I said, I'm there to melt faces and shake asses. That is, <laughs> that is what we are there to do. But yeah, I, I appreciate you guys letting me come on. Yeah, definitely going to come whenever. Absolutely. That's, that's Absolutely. And like I said, probably with the album too, we're going to be looking into some merch, getting a shirt oh, design out there. And uh, yeah, yeah we'll, definitely, we'll definitely send a couple of y'all's way. <laughs> um, so, people who are listening, follow us on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Rate this episode, or can you rate episodes? Not on Spotify, on a, on Apple. On Apple, give it five. Give it us five, a review. Is it yes, five stars. Five stars. Give, us give five it five stars, stars because four is kind of zeros. That's the customer service way. Right. Um, but yes, thanks for being on, Derek. Absolutely. Uh, we'll have to have you on again. Absolutely, I appreciate it. When the album comes out, yeah. we're on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Steve, we're out. Thank you.